What do I think about the reverse retro jerseys for the New Jersey Devils? And also, let's talk more about the front office situation and whether or not I believe Tom Fitzgerald should be fired alongside Lindy Ruff. And we're also going to briefly talk about this upcoming matchup against the San Jose Sharks later this afternoon. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. has got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play play announcer. And also, Dell's right for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So, what's on the agenda for today's show? Well, for the first segment, I'm going to give you guys my overall reaction to the newly released reverse retro jerseys for the New Jersey Devils specifically. I know I'm a day late, but, you know, never a dollar short, as I say. And then for the second segment, I'm going to give you guys my overall thought process on a few opinions I saw make its way on Twitter, saying that the New Jersey Devils should fire not only Lindy Ruff, but also Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm going to give you guys my two-cent reaction to that overall ordeal. And then for the third segment, I'm going to briefly preview this afternoon's matchup against the San Jose Sharks. I'm not going to say it's a gimme win for the New Jersey Devils because the San Jose Sharks won their more, most recent game against the New York Rangers. And obviously, I know they're tanking hard for Connor Bedard, but at the same time, uh, I, I've made a few mistakes in the past by saying some games were gimme wins for New Jersey Devils, and unfortunately, they came out on the losing end. So let's start with the reverse retro jerseys for the Devils. Now, uh, when looking at it, I, I know what it's meant to be. It's meant to pay homage to the Kansas City Scouts. So for any of you who aren't aware, uh, the Kansas City Scouts were a professional ice hockey team in the NHL from 1974 to 1976. And then they relocated to Denver and became the Colorado Rockies. I always find that little fact uh, quite, uh, quite compelling just because, uh, you know, the Colorado Rockies were a hockey team before they became a baseball team. And then obviously after the Colorado Rockies era for the New Jersey Devils, they relocated to uh, New Jersey and became the Devils as a result. But uh, yeah, I get that they're paying homage to the Kansas City Scouts, but it's just a little how would I say it? It's a little out there. It's a little strange. I mean, I like the colorway. So, you know, I'll put it back up on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, basically uh, the primary color is white and there's some blue, there's red and there's yellow. It's, it's kind of weird seeing some blue in a New Jersey devil's uniform, because obviously our big rivalry against the New York Rangers and their uh, colorway is obviously blue. So, you know, just seeing blue on a devil's uniform, it's just a, it could be a bit of an eyesore, but you know, it's interesting. The colors do work nicely. It's just, you know, it's just strange. I, I feel as though this is going to be a Jersey that grows on me. I think this is a Jersey that will look better on the rink. So remember last year when the devils released their Jersey Jersey black um, uniform and everyone was just bashing on it. Marty Brodeur did the design for it. And people were saying, Martin Brodeur, what are you doing? Like, wh wh what were you uh, thinking in that sort of aspect? And he was paying homage to a 1920s uh, NHL team. And I kind of said like, you know, I, I do like the black and, you know, black jerseys for the devils have been a long time coming but I just think it was a miss. But once they hit the rank, they looked really nice and they kind of grew on me. And I think they've obviously become one of the more 
popular uh, alternate jerseys, not only for the New Jersey Devils, but maybe for some of the more casual hockey fans. I get it that it's the butt end of a lot of jokes, but I think a lot of people have started to grow on it. I know my colleagues over at Locked On have grown on it. So I think that's going to be the same thing for the reverse retro jersey. So, you know, I was like, maybe they could take away the blue. But then again, if it's just like, you know, red and yellow, then it kind of gives me McDonald's vibes, if, if that makes sense. So uh, I think the blue is just, you know, I, I you don't really don't like see like dark blue paired alongside with like red and yellow and that sort of aspect. It's kind of a weird colorway. It, it kind of, you know, the stripes on the side kind of, you know, remind me sort of like a clown a little bit. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a little too picky because, you know, I had high expectations for the reverse retro jerseys uh, for the Devils just because a couple years ago they had the green jersey. And a lot of people were saying, oh, are the New Jersey Devils doing a Christmas Christmas theme. And I was just like, no, that's not the case. It's just to uh, the reason that the New Jersey Devils originally had green in their uniform was because, you know, it, it pays homage to uh, the Pine Barrens of South Jersey, where the supposedly fictional uh, New Jersey Devil leads uh, inhabit it. And, you know, that that's basically why the New Jersey Devils originally had green in their uniform. And I always told people like, Despite the New Jersey Devils' colorways, they're not named after Satan. They're sort of like the Bigfoots or uh, the Abominable Snowmen, like as in like they're named after a mythological creature that just inhabited New Jersey. So ultimately, guys, for this reverse retro jersey, you know, I had time to prepare for it because there were some leaked images during the course of the summer that revealed that the New Jersey Devils were going to go and pay homage to the Kansas City Scouts. So I had time to prepare for it. So I think had I not, you know, known what the uh, jersey was going to be, had I just gone into it blind and they, you know, dropped the book in that regards, I think I would have been a little more disappointed. But, you know, it, it at, at first I didn't really like it, but then it grew on me and I think it's going to grow on me even more. So it's interesting, but, you know, it's just um, just a little weird, just a little bit of an eyesore. So, you know, that that's my overall thought process on the reverse retro jersey. I apologize for giving my reaction a day late, but like I said, never a dollar short now. Let's switch subjects. Let's talk about Lindy Ruff and the front office. So in the previous few episodes, I've been talking about Lindy Ruff's job security with the New Jersey Devils. I talked about how, you know what, um, I, I think after these two games, I think Lindy Ruff is safe for right now. I don't think he's in the hot seat because the New Jersey Devils have shown tremendous improvement. So in just a short amount of time, doesn't mean everything is perfect. Like I gave you guys my thoughts on where I think Alexander Holtz should fit into the roster. I talked about, you know, if you're going to put him with Michael McLeod, you might as well just replace Holtz with Fabian Zetterlin in that sort of aspect. I talked about how I don't know why Michael McLeod, you know, earns the trust of people like Lindy Ruff because he's not really that good. He's pretty mediocre from a hockey standpoint. But, you know, like I said, uh, not, not everything is perfect. But I just said, look, I'm not giving up on Lindy Ruff quite yet quite yet because you know it's two games into the year guys and what was the first thing I said when we dropped our game against the Philadelphia Flyers in the season opener I said you don't want to overreact yes the Philadelphia Flyers they were projected to be a bottom tier team and for some reason they, they've caught the luck of uh, what's been going on in Philadelphia sports ranging from the Philadelphia Phillies being in the NLCS and then the Philadelphia Eagles uh, being undefeated so far so somehow some way the Philadelphia Flyers have caught that luck now Hopefully the Philadelphia 76ers could also catch it with James Harden and Joel Embiid, but digressing a little bit. So, you know, I, I just said don't overreact to it. So, you know, it's the first game of the year. It's first of many. Now, if the New Jersey Devils were to hypothetically get off to an 0-5 start, then maybe you start to consider saying that maybe Lindy Ruff has lost the locker room because the overall thought process I had, guys, was that we're having the same discussion 
that we had last season. Because remember, during the course of December, early January, somewhere in that time frame, we were talking about how Lindy Ruff lost the locker room for the New Jersey Devils, saying like they shunned him out. And then the front office and the players shut down those rumors because you had Tom Fitzgerald saying that the that Lindy Ruff has an open door policy. The players seem to respond well to him. And then during the course of the exit meeting interviews, yes, Nico Keisher sent some cryptic messages, but I think he was referring more to the overall coaching staff and not Lindy Ruff specifically, if I remember correctly in my breakdown episode when that news first broke. And then Jack Hughes and uh, P.K. Subban came to the events of Lindy Ruff. So I said, guys, look, Lindy Ruff is here for right now, whether you like it or not. And quite honestly, guys, if Lindy Ruff were to hypothetically get fired, I can guarantee you he is going to be given a front office position of some sorts with the Devils organization. Now, you know, my friend Jersey Joe said it could be like a development scout or, you know, maybe he can be the right hand man to Tom Fitzgerald because it seems like they have a good relationship. So either way, Lindy Ruff's opinion is going to be uh, felt throughout the organization, even if he's not behind the bench. But, you know, we obviously got Andrew Burnett now. Guys, um, this next game against the San Jose Sharks, I'm going to you know go a little bit early for right now um, and, and then get back onto the talking point. Uh, if the New Jersey Devils lose to the San Jose Sharks, then I don't think Lindy Ruff is going to get fired. It you know because it's just like the New Jersey Devils just came off their best game against the New York Islanders and they looked great. And I talked about how it was a near perfect performance. I said. It would have been more perfect had they maybe gotten a power play goal, had they gotten the shutout, but maybe that was just me being a little too picky. So I think the New Jersey Devils have great momentum moving forward, and it seems like the players are starting to mesh well together. So that's another thing I want you guys to take into consideration, which is the New Jersey Devils have added a lot of new pieces, whether it was you know picked up during the course of free agency, whether it was picked up by a trade, whether it was the prospects that are now being given a chance to you know, register high NHL minutes or whether it's Nico Heischer, Jesper Brand, Jack Hughes ready to take their games to the next level, trying to integrate some players who missed some significant time last year. So like Dougie Hamilton, Miles Wood. So, you know, I expected there to be some growing pains and I'm not trying to make excuses for Lindy Ruff, but I'm just saying guys that, you know, when we're talking about firing Lindy Ruff, I I said it a couple episodes ago, the problems are not going to go away overnight. Now, um, you know, am I on the train of fire Lindy Ruff? For right now, no. I think he his job is safe. And, you know, I know you guys are probably getting a little tired of me talking about it, but I felt like I didn't really go into too much detail in yesterday's episode in that regards, just because I didn't want that to be the focal point of the episode because the New Jersey Devils ended up winning and they played their best game of the season so far. I get it's early, but I wanted that to be the central focus. So I just wanted uh, everyone to take that into consideration, which is if Lindy Ruff is hypothetically fired, then the problems don't go away overnight. So if the New Jersey Devils go on a five-game losing streak and then they fire Lindy Ruff, you know, it's going to take a while before uh, Andrew Burnett is able to just, like, integrate a new system with this young team. Because remember, I know a lot of you might say, well, he did it for the Florida Panthers. Well, the Florida Panthers were already a bona fide playoff team. They have a lot of veterans. This is a younger team. This is a team that doesn't have that much experience. Now we did bring in people like Andre Palat, Eric Halla, uh, Brendan Smith, John Marino, you know, we brought players in that sort of regard to try to, you know, up our age uh, differential a little bit. But keep in mind, it's just like the New Jersey Devils are still one of the younger teams in the NHL. So we're not the youngest team anymore, but we're still one of the youngest teams. So just take that in consideration. So I don't think Lindy Ruff is done for right now, especially um, after these last two outings and the New Jersey Devils have been playing you know, very well. Um, and they've rebounded nicely. So 
that's one thing I like I, that I like to see from the uh, team, which is fight back and determination, not giving up, and someone like Andre Pilat really taking the lead for New Jersey Devils. Now, we'll talk more about the circumstance of the front office, whether or not I believe Tom Fitzgerald should be fired momentarily. But first, I want to bring you guys the first and only library this morning, and it comes from our friends at Online. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting, football, and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easy way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so basically on Twitter, and I think in the comment section as well on YouTube, I've been seeing a lot of people say, fire Tom Fitzgerald. Now, here's the thing, guys. Who do you think constructed the roster for New Jersey Devils right now? Yes, Lindy Ruff, the the lineup card is his. But who do you think was given the tools that he's given for right now? Because, you know, I I think Lindy Ruff has been given a gift. I think the reason why so many Devils fans are frustrated is because he's not utilizing those gifts. So when looking at Tom Fitzgerald, a lot of people are saying fire Tom Fitzgerald like because we need to start fresh or things of that nature. That's going to put the New Jersey Devils two steps back, if that. So firing Tom Fitzgerald is not the answer. Guys, let's think about this. Uh, during the 2021 offseason, he signed the biggest named free agent available, a Norris Trophy finalist in Dougie Hamilton. So, you know, that, that's all, that was a big move. For the New Jersey Devils. That's what, you know, helped put their organization a couple steps ahead. He traded Mikhail Maltsev for Ryan Graves. And I, I told you guys, I am big on Ryan Graves because Ryan Graves uh, led the league in plus minus just a few years ago. Silent but deadly impact. Jack Hughes, under the leadership of Tom Fitzgerald and also Lindy Ruff, has seen his numbers go up on, on the rise. And we talked about this during the course of the offseason just a few weeks before the season Uh, began we talked about how Jack Hughes could put his name into the running for the Hart Memorial Trophy or you know when you look at other aspects he traded the likes of Ty Smith for the likes of John Marino and we've been raving about how good John Marino has been for New Jersey Devils so how is firing Tom Fitzgerald going to be the answer for New Jersey Devils that makes no sense so this leads me to believe like why are people scapegoating Uh, the front office for New Jersey Devils, because I personally think Tom Fitzgerald has done a fantastic job. Yes, you know, this past offseason, we were swinging for the fences and we didn't get them. But, you know, we were able to save face. And when looking at the draft, who did the Devils select? You know, we selected Luke Hughes. We selected Alexander Holtz. We selected Dawson Mercer. We got Shimon the Mets, who looks like a bona fide uh, athlete who can definitely make an impact at the NHL level come next year. And, you know, we also got Seamus Casey from the University of Michigan. I think Tom Fitzgerald in the draft, in the offseason, and also just what he's, he was given originally, I think he's done a great job of constructing this roster and trying to change the overall culture for the New Jersey Devils. Because if you look at the lineup card just a few years ago for the Devils, look at who they had to roll out. And now look who they have now. And going into the season, I talked about the biggest problem for the New Jersey Devils was, you know, they probably have too much talent to the point where they're going to have to cut some, you know, players who could, you know, potentially be solid. So I talked about Andreas Johnson. I talked about Michael McLeod. I talked about 
a few other players who unfortunately, you know, couldn't put up decent numbers. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, they got to make way and just like, uh, uh, and, and, you know, we're going to have to clear up some roster spots. And now uh, when looking at the goaltending situation, yes, it's been struggling, but at the same time, that's not Tom Fitzgerald's fault. It's not his fault that the training staff failed Mackenzie Blackwood. It's not his fault that Lindy Ruff decided to overwork Mackenzie Blackwood last season. Like Tom Fitzgerald has genuinely tried to help the goaltending situation for New Jersey Devils. Getting Corey Crawford, he decided to retire abruptly. And then getting someone like Jonathan Bernier, Bernier got hurt. Now getting Vitek Vanacek and deciding to go in a different direction, which is get a solid goalie, but not a veteran goalie, someone who has potential to be good. So, you know, I think Tom Fitzgerald has done a great job of just, uh, you know, flipping certain players for some diamonds in the rough that can definitely uh, have an impact going forward. Because I talked about some of the trades. They felt they fall underneath the radar, but at the end of the day, we're able to get something out of it. So he traded away Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac, and who did we get? We got uh, Chase Stillman, who we ended up drafting from that uh, pick that the New York Islanders gave us. And we all know how bad Kyle Palmieri has been for it the New York Islanders and Travis Zajac was essentially just a one year rental because he ended up retiring uh, shortly after uh, the season that he played in for the New York Islanders. So I think Tom Fitzgerald has done a great job for the New Jersey Devils and the prospects are certainly blooming. And I think the future is definitely bright for the New Jersey Devils moving forward. Now, when looking at this next game against the San Jose Sharks, I don't want to say it's a gimme win because every time I say it's a gimme win, I seem to have, I seem to jinx the team, even though I don't believe in jinxes. You know, I just believe in timely or untimely coincidences. But, you know, at the same time, I, I, I don't want to disappoint you guys. So I'll just say for the sake of uh, just trying to save my ass, I'll just say, uh, you know, I don't want to jinx the New Jersey Devils. But you cannot deny this is a winnable game for the for the New Jersey Devils because the San Jose Sharks, their overall thought process, I said it early on in the show, is to tank for Connor Bedard. So that's their overall mindset. So they're going to try to lose as many games as possible. So the New Jersey Devils, if I had to make a, a guess, I'm going to say that they're going to start B-Tech Vanacek to boost his confidence up a little bit more because it seems like they've boosted the confidence of Mackenzie Blackwood. Like I said, this is an early afternoon game. I'm on the West Coast, so this is going to begin in the morning for me. So when this episode goes live, they'll probably already announce the starting lineup or you know what they're going to roll with. But if I'm Lindy Ruff, if, if, if I'm the coaching staff, my opinion is you already boosted the confidence of Mackenzie Blackwood. Now it's time to boost the confidence of Vitek Vanacek once again. Put him against a team like the San Jose Sharks so that way he can have a similar outing as Mackenzie Blackwood had, and that can just boost up his confidence just a little bit more. I expect Jack Hughes to register uh, maybe a point in this game. Same with Jesper Bratt, and I think the New Jersey Devils are going to come out on the winning end by a score of, I'm going to say, 3-1. to one. And I'm going to say that Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt are going to play a big role I think Andre Pilat will uh, have a solid game, but I'm not expecting for him to put any points on the board. I expect for him to just, you know, help direct the team and just, you know, basically uh, have a baton out there and just orchestrating the New Jersey Devils' flow. And then on the defensive side of things, I think uh, John Marino is going to continue to uh, do what he's been doing the last couple of games, which is just be sturdy out there on defense. And I think this is going to be another great outing for New Jersey Devils. So I'm going to say this. I think they're going to come out victorious by a score up three to one. And like I said, hopefully that doesn't jinx anything, but I have not made a predict a prediction in my uh, more recent episodes. And I, I would have said that Jack Hughes was going to score against the New York Islanders. Um, I'm not lying, but I just didn't say in the episode. And I know you guys aren't going to believe me, but that was my overall prediction. And now 
when comparing the stats for uh, the San Jose Sharks and the New Jersey Devils. The Sharks are 1-5 to begin the year. They won their most recent game against the New York Rangers, so you definitely have to take that into consideration. Devils are currently on a two-game win streak and are 2-2. Two and two. And I just want to give credit when credit is due. The New Jersey Devils, when looking out in the Metro, they've actually been doing a pretty solid job. So the one thing they need, they, they're struggling with right now is generating like, you know, uh, results on their offense. Like whether it's on the power play, whether it's at five on five, it seems like the New Jersey Devils in that sort of regards just struggle to find the back of the net. They've been creating good chances for themselves. And Bryce Salvador acknowledged that on air a couple games ago. I think Kevin Weeks also acknowledged that in the latest game against the New York Islanders. But uh, this is a good opportunity for them to find the back of the net because for goals for they rank dead last in the Metro at 12. And to give you reference, the Penguins are leading the way with 20. And then for goals against, the New Jersey Devils are actually in the middle of the pack in the sixth position. And for goals against, they have uh, 13. So, you know, the, the defense is still somewhat there. It's improving. The differential is obviously negative one. So the New Jersey Devils, while they, um, you know, don't generate that much offense in terms of results, their defense has certainly been there. And that's something I was talking about in the latest episode, which is the New Jersey Devils. It took them, it, it took the Islanders a while for them to get a shot on goal against Mackenzie Blackwood. So, you know, I expect for them to really shut the door down on the San Jose Sharks. I'm, I think the Sharks might get lucky and get a goal. But, you know, um, to, give, to give you guys some reference, uh, for goals against, the Rangers are actually uh, right below the New Jersey Devils. At, uh, and they've given up. 15 goals, but they've uh, scored 19. So just giving you guys that sort of reference. So I think the New Jersey Devils can definitely do a uh, much better the job than the New York Rangers. But remember, the overall mindset for the San Jose Sharks, lose as many games as possible, try to lock themselves in for a top three pick in uh, next year's NHL draft, try to maybe get the first overall selection and select Connor Bedard. But, you know, that's a long ways away. But they are not looking to win any games anytime soon. Obviously, they're not going to say that uh, up front, but you could just tell that the San Jose Sharks, they do not care about winning for right now. So I, I'm very confident that the New Jersey Devils can win this game against the San Jose Sharks. I'm not going to say it's a gimme win, but it's a winnable game, and you cannot deny that. So let me know what you guys think about our next game against the San Jose Sharks. I know it's an early afternoon game, but you know if you're watching in the morning, leave a comment down below and uh, let me know what you guys think about the overall front office and leadership for the New Jersey Devils. Curious to hear you guys' thoughts. And uh, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 and the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day in New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Hopefully this uh, episode does not come back to bite me in the butt once again. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.